<laughs> okay, so we're starting a new chapter, chapter 7, we're still in Samech Zayin base. Maybe that is a good siman, huh? That chapter 7 starts in Samech Zayin. Okay, Klal Gadol Amru B'Shavis. A general rule, a great rule, better to say, it was uh, said by Or Chachamin regarding Shabbos. And actually, that's, what, that's going to be the first topic of the Gemara. What do the Mishnah means by Tengilos Klal Gadol? What is the Gdula of this uh, principle we're about to learn? Okay, so the, the Mishnah is going to bring three levels of Shoigeg. You know, so far in this tractate, we saw alachas of Oto, or carrying out, alachas of Mukse, alachas of Bishul, Atmana, and we saw a lot of Ilchos Tuma, purity and impurity. We haven't done much about Korban Hatos, which is when a person by mistake transgresses a prohibition, he needs to bring a Korban Hatos. So that is what the first Mishnah is all about. So he's going to tell us there are three levels, and it's interesting. The Mishnah is going to be, he's going to speak about three levels of Shoigeg, but the Gemara is going to introduce a fourth level. So the basic level of Shoigeg is Kolo Ikar Shabbos. Anyone that forgets at all the such a concept called Shabbos. And therefore, Asa Melachos Arbe, Beshabbos and therefore, he kept on doing all sorts of forbidden labors in many, many Shabbosim. And then he finds out that there's such a thing of Shabbos. And he does Tshuva. So how many Korbanos, how many Korban Chatas he has to bring to atone for doing so many Milochos in so many Shabbosim? Says the Mishnah, Everything we're going to learn later on, not today, but later on in the Gemara. Why? So, you see, now, if he's referring to us, people that weren't Shomer Shabbos at all, or not, we're going to see so just now in the Gemara Bezat Hashem. So that is the first level of the Mishnah. Then, a second level, which is less of a Shoigeg, a Yudaika Shabbos. When a person knows that there's such a thing called Shabbos, and meaning to say, that you are forbidden to do melachos on Shabbos. But this guy with this quarantine got completely confused, which is not difficult to happen. We don't know which day of the week it is. I really don't know. It's so confusing. So therefore, So then he did many melachos on different Shabbosim, just because he didn't realize that the day was Shabbos. He thought it was Sunday. He thought it was Friday. And he did it over and over. So says the Mishnah, Shabbos So he is going to be only liable one chatos for every Shabbos that he did melachos. Because the shaygeg the is regarding the day of the week. So he only had one shaygeg. He didn't know it was Shabbos. Why? then for every Shabbos has to bring a Hattas, because we assume that after a week went by, he already figured out that he must have done Melach on Shabbos. <laughs> and 
if he did five weeks in a row and then he's able to realize what was his mistake so he brings five korbanos hatas and then the last case of the mishnah that that is a person that he knew that it was shabbos but he didn't know how many or what specifically were the melachos forbidden in shabbos you know that could definitely happen to Balchuba, that you start keeping Shabbos, but with no, no much knowledge of what are the Melachas. Could be a person, there's some Melachas, he didn't, he didn't even know there were Melachas. So he went for many Shabbos in doing a few Melachas, but he wasn't aware that there were Melachas. So says the Mishnah, next page, Af Melacha U Melacha. Then, for every single melacha that corresponds to a different av he needs to bring a korban chattas so the principle is like this let's say somebody put on a fire and at the same he drove to shul so both melachas that's lighting a fire and driving to shul is the same av which is to kindle a fire maybe the driving involves other melachas but then you don't bring different hatas for for different toldos rather everything goes back to the root which is the ab melacha so he has to bring the number of korbanot of every shabbos that he transgressed for the times of shabbosim that he transgressed so it was three shabbosim and every shabbos he transgressed five melachas so he has to bring 15 korbanos okay if one person does many different labors, but all of them are similar to one of them, okay, so if they're all of them under the same category of Av, and again, we're doing it with he didn't realize, so you only bring one Hatas. Okay, but uh, let's go to the Gemara. Says the Gemara, my time, what is the reason Tana Klal Gadol? That this Mishnah starts with the words Klal Gadol, like a big general major rule. Says again, If the reason for that is because in the in Mishnah further down, it's also going to tell us somewhere in the page 75b, it's going to tell us more rules regarding Shabbos. But this one has more rules. And that's why this mission says Klal Gadol, a general principle. And only over there is going to be an another Klal, another principle without Gadol. And the Gemara says, and this might be similar. That's why it says Tana Klal Gadol, a general rule. And also you can say the mission in Shviz. You see, it again, another nice thing. This is Parashat Shavua. This is the parasha of the Shemitah, okay? So also over there, uh, regarding the Alachos of Shvi'is, and it's interesting also that, just like uh, in Shabbos, Rabbi Danasi placed this in the chapter seven, also regarding Shvi'is, it was in chapter seven. So also a similar idea. Mishum de Kabole Misni Oed, also over there says, Regarding Shviz, Gavesh Shviz Nami says, Klal Gadol, this is a general 
a major rule. And also over there you can say, because similarly there's a second Mishnah, following the first Mishnah, there's a second Mishnah that also is not as complex as the first one. And that's why maybe in the first one says Tanaklal Gadol. In the first Mishnah, Oshvi says a major rule. So then the Gemara is going to question that works very nicely for Maseches Shabbos and Maseches Shviz. But then Gavei Meiser, when you go to Maseches Meiser, and it says uh, that he's going to also do a similar thing. First, the Mishnah is going to tell us a klal, and then further down, there's another Mishnah with another klal, which is another principle. Why then in Shviz, why then in Meiser, it doesn't start with the klal gadol? Maiser de Kitani Klal Acher, Velotani Klal Gadol. Why in Maiser it doesn't follow this same format? By starting in Maiser with the words Klal Gadol, a major rule. So this is the question. So Amar Aviyosibar Avin, so he wants to give us the difference between Shabbos and Shviz and Maiser. says, Shabbos and Shviz, the Eisvel Avois Vetoldois. So both regarding Shabbos, you have Adois, 39 Adois, and then Toldois, the der derivatives are all things that are similar to the Av. I gave the example, kindling a fire or driving a car. Driving a car is a similar action of kindling, but it's not the exact same way, so it's considered a Tolda. And so forth, you're going to find in all the 39, that's what I hear about in the Masev Shabbos, to find the different uh, uh, toldos of the avos. And also regarding Shviz, look over here in the footnote number 10, there are mainly four avos regarding provisions of the seventh year. If you're doing or you did the parish of this week, which is sowing, reaping grain, pruning and picking grapes. So this is the four avos. Um, general principles that a person is not permitted to do in the seventh year in the Shemitah. And also there are some derivatives, even though it's only with the Rabbanan, rabbinically, but nevertheless you find Abbas and Toldos. But regarding Maiser, you don't have that. So, regarding, again I'm reading again, Shabbos and Shviz, there is Abbas and Toldos, Shabbos and Shviz, you have Abbas and Toldos, Tanagadol, that's why the Mishnah says, Klal Gadol, a major rule. But Maiser, the Laisle, I was told, those Maiser don't have that. Lotana be Klal Gadol. That's why it doesn't say in the Mishnah over there, in the first Mishnah, Klal Gadol. The Gemara says, well, but I have a challenge to that answer. Why? Because Bar Kapara, he was also a Tana. He was a very sharp, a very sharp Tana. And he also composed some... Uh, it wouldn't be called Mishnayos because Mishnah is learned from Rabbi the Nasi. It's called like, like a Tosefta. So uh, Tosefta is a grouping of Brightos, Brighta, Brisa, that clarify the Mishnah. So Barkapara, in his set of Toseftos or Mishnayos, he does say Klal Gadol in Meiser. Says the Gemara le Barkapara. There's Tani Klal Gadol Bemaiser in his set of rises. He did write the words Klal Gadol when he speaks about Maiser. 
See, if you're telling me that the word gadol is something that has abos and toldos, how come Bar Kapara used that terminology? That cannot be. Ella, rather, the Gemara is going to give a different answer to the initial question. The reason why it says over here, Shviz, and also in, 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 in Gadol, also in Shviz, because it's Gadol Onshoi. Because now we are referring not to how many specific things regarding this, rather regarding the uh, punishment. So, <laughs> sorry. So, Gadol Onsho, Shel Shabbos, Yosemi Shel Shviz, the punishment of Shabbos is greater than the one of Shviz of the seventh year. Why? The Ilu Shabbos is a Ben Betalo Sheben Ben Mechubar. The prohibition on Shabbos, uh, we're going to find in many Melachos. Uh, as an example in Fundo number 16, grinding and kneading, that applies both whether in detached, that the grains, the, the sheaves of the wheat had already been harvested, or they are attached, you still find the melacha of grinding and kneading that is forbidden. Below Shviz, Betalush Leisa, but regarding Shviz, once you already harvested the grain before the seventh year, then there's no provision. So only, uh, so regarding Shviz, Betalush, Milo Shviz, Betalush Leisa, Bemechubarisa. Only uh, when it's uh, still attached to the ground, there's a provision of not harvesting in the seventh year. But once it's being harvested, there's no provision. So it's interesting that the expression of the Gemora, that because their punishments are big, you would have expected that really they're going to be speaking about the punishments, and basically that seems not the punishment, are really referring to the prohibitions. According to the Marasha, he says, no, it's two things. We're really speaking about both the prohibitions and the punishment. Even though the Gemora doesn't state about the punishment, but we know that the, the punishment of Shabbos is skila, is, is a, a death penalty, but not regarding Shvi'is. So it's really including both. And the same thing continues the Gemara, the difference between Shvi'is and Maiser. Regadol onsha shel Shvi'is, yoser mi Maiser. And it's also the punishment regarding Shvi'is greater than the one Maiser. But again, the Gemara only speaks regarding the prohibition, but also in terms of the punishment, uh, if you followed the commentaries on this week's parasha in the R scroll or in Rashi itself, uh, the Gemara Rashi calls the Gemara that in our parasha of Shviz, it starts by doing something relatively small, somebody making business with Pero Shviz, which is forbidden, and Aveda Godes Aveda, then it goes worse and worse and worse and worse, and also the punishment gets so badly, and that's why at the end of the parasha, speaking about a case that a person ended up selling himself as a slave. So we see that the punishment of Shivis is even greater, but the one of mice are not. Now regarding the prohibition, that's where the Gemara is going to speak explicitly, 
אילו בשביעיס איסר בין במאכל אדם ובמאכל באימה. The Torah prohibited to do any work on the fields on the seventh year for both for human food and for animal food. But regarding Maiser, Dilu Maiser, Bemachal Adam Isa, Bemachal Beimal Isa. Regarding Maiser, Maiser doesn't apply to animal food. The truth is, Maiser, look in the footnotes from the Torah, only applies to grapes, to olives, some hold not even to grapes, but to wine and to oil, and to the five types of grain. That is the Maiser. But rabbinically, Chachamim extended it to any trees and any vegetables. But only for human consumption, not for animal consumption. But the Shvi, it also applies even to animal consumption. That's why it's greater than, than Meiser. And that's why, according to this answer, only regarding Shabbos and Shvi's, the Mishnahs start with the word words with the word Klal Gadol, a major principle, because it's more of a severe type of melacha than Meiser. So the Gemara is going to question this answer regarding Bar Kapara. Says the Gemara, Ule Bar Kapara, the Sani Klal Gadol. Rav Kapara, indeed, he used the word Klal Gadol in Meiser, because this answer was a good answer regarding Mishnas. That Rabbi Yudanasi didn't write the word Gadol, a, a major principle, in Maiser. But regarding Bar Kapara, the Taniklal Gadol be Maiser, that he did include the word Gadol, a major rule regarding Maiser. So why, why did he include that word? Says Gimora, because he was comparing it to Pea. Gadol on Shoshel Maiser, Yosef Michel Pea. Again, in terms of punishment, it's also more severe, but also in terms of the prohibitions. Why? Pea means that a farmer, we spoke about it previously a few times, needs to leave a corner. The word pea, peyes, means a corner. And peyes is the corner of the head, but in the fields, means the corner of the field. So a, a, a farmer, when he's harvesting, he needs to leave the corner of the field without being harvested for the poor people. So, but then now we're going to see, that's why Bar Kapara added the word Gadol on Maiser, because we see also regarding the Alaha, there's more stringent Maiser than Pea. Deilo Maiser Isa Betena Vayorek. When it comes to Maiser, rabbinically, but it also applies to any fruits, including the figs, and also including the vegetables. Vilupea, but regarding Pea, no. Leisa Vesena Vayerek. In Pea, if somebody has um, figs, trees of figs, on Pea you don't leave any tree of figs fruit for the poor people. And also, there's no Pea in any vegetable. You have tomatoes, you have any vegetables, you don't leave it for the poor people. Why not? We're going to see why not. But at least we answered the, 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 the usage of the word Klal Gadol. Now, how do we see this difference between Maiser and Pea, and that Maiser is more stringent than Pea? 
this nan because there's a Mishnah that says the following Klal Amru Bepea. You see, every kid doesn't say Klal Gadol. So, this is the general rule regarding Pea. So, Kol Shehu, you need the following conditions that only the following apply in Pea. Has to be Oichel, has to be food. So, first we're going to see the Mishnah, and then the Gemara is going to explain these five uh, definitions. Has to be food. Has to be nishmar, meaning to say only something that is protected. Then giduloi minorets, only something that grows from the ground. Velikitasoi keachas, only something that is gathered all of it at once. Finally, umachniso lekiuma, something that is being uh, into storage to last. Only this chayevepea. So what is what are, what is the understanding of these five things? So oichel, when the Mishnah said has to be for this comes lemauti sefichei sotis vekoitza. These are the two pictures, and if you saw them in the group, maybe you were wondering what they said. Send pictures of flowers. So this comes to to exclude that uh, has to be food in order for the owner to be obligated with pea, and this excludes the aftergrowth of wood, 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 I don't know how to pronounce it, and mother. So I, I send you the two pictures of these flowers. So from the roots of these bushes, they make, they make ink. And it's called afterward, after growth, because you need to leave them for a couple of years for the roots to become a little bit stronger and then to be able to, to make out of those roots ink. So, because this is not food, so therefore the, the owner of this is not liable to leave some for pea. The second uh, definition requisite has to be nishmar, has to be something that is protected, lemauti efker. So this comes to exclude efker. So if somebody is mafker his field, so then, doesn't have to give um, from it, uh, pea from it. The third one, gidulominaret, only things that grow from the ground. This comes to exclude lemoti kemihin vipitriois. So this comes to exclude truffles and mushrooms because they have no root, so they are not yonic. They don't nourish from the ground, they nourish from the air. So therefore, if you grow mushrooms, lately my wife and uh, the kids have been eating as a, uh, I say a, a nice dish, um, mushrooms, mushrooms, okay? So if you have that in your field and you make business out of that, you don't have to leave pear because it's not something that grows from the ground. Uh, and that's why the brachy shakol. If you remember from Brachos, the Brachy Shakol. The next requisite, Velikitaso, Beachas, Kiochas. And things that you gathered at once. What it means, uh, what comes to exclude, Lemaoti Teina. This comes to exclude the figs. Why? Because the figs, they don't ripe at the same time. In this tree, they ripe today. In the other tree, maybe in a week from today. So therefore, uh, it's not so uh, productive, it's not so uh, efficient 
neither for the owner of the trees, neither for the people collecting them, if they will be uh, liable for peah. But miser, rabbinically, yes, but not peah. The last definition, something that people brings it to last, and this comes to exclude vegetables. That uh, over here they bring like turnips, leeks, tomatoes, and all that. That this, this I think that Chachamim, all this is rabbinical, that uh, only things that wouldn't spoil uh, would be a part of Peah, but not these things. So this is regarding certain However, so we saw that there's a few things that they are not liable for Peah. But regarding Miser, says in the Mishnah, Kalam Rove Miser. Regarding Miser, says the Mishnah, So the same thing has to be for Vegidilominagets. Ah no, Venishmar, I'm sorry, I've skipped one. Has to be for Nishmar, also protected. That comes to exclude uh, Efker, we said. Vegidilominagets. And has to grow from the ground to exclude mushrooms. So only three restrictions. Then it's obligated my sir. But the requirement has to be gathered at once and has something has to be brought to last regarding my sir. It's not being taught. So we see that we're more stringent with my sir, applies to more food than what applies in pea. That miser does apply to figs and vegetables and pear not. So because of that, Barcapara included in his Tosef, then his Brisa, the word Klalgador, Klalgador, because compared to um, Pea, we have more alajas uh, in miser. Okay. So this was an introduction to our chapter. Didn't, didn't really speak much about our chapter. Now we're going to just go into our Mishnah. Okay, so how do we understand the Mishnah? Rabu Shmuel Damit Arvayu, according to both Rabu and Shmuel, our Mishnah, Madnisin Betinok Shenishba. I'm sure you heard this concept, huh? In Eshatora, we use it all the time. Tinok Shenishba bin Lebena Nochrim is a child who was captured and raised among the non Jews. And that's why he didn't know about Chavez. So according to Rabbi Shmuel, the first case of the Mishnah, when a person transgressed many, many Shabbosim, and all of them, he did many Melochos, but he had no clue what Chavez was all about. And then he finds out, he only brings one Korban Hatas for everything. That is somebody was a Dinok Shenishba, somebody that was captured among the non-Jews, so he had no clue what Chavez is all about. Or the same would apply to a convert who converted among the Gentiles and he never knew much about Chavez. So even though the basin, especially here in South Africa, they are more careful that when somebody's in the conversion program, they for sure know not only there's such a thing of Chavez, they know all the Melachas and all that, but with the ever could be in that a basin converted a person. He, they never told him, he never knew anything about Chavez. 
he became a Jew. He's living in the middle of nowhere among non-Jews, and he never kept Shabbos. And finally he finds out, so he has to bring only one hatos altogether. But according to Rabbi Shmuel, Aval Iker Velevasov Shachach, if the person, yes, had some idea about Shabbos, but then he forgot. Whatever the reason, you know, in the Holocaust, Lalena, if you, if, if you read the book, Incredible, which is an unbelievable book, Rav Yossi Wallace, which is the main person in the book, his father came from a very firm family. But then he was taken by the Germans. He ended up spending the entire, from 1939, from the early time that the Germans went into Poland until the very end of the Second World War, so it was a little bit over five years, he was under the, under the Nazis. So he completely stopped uh, keeping Shabbos. So that's an extreme example, but I think it's a good example. Somebody that knew about Shabbos and then he forgot it. So according to Rabbi Shmuel, it's not enough once he does tshuva. And that is a beautiful story. If you read the book, I won't tell you. But the beautiful story, if that person goes back to start keeping Shabbos, so according to Rabbi Shmuel, it's not enough just to bring one hatas for all those years he didn't keep Shabbos, because he knew about Shabbos. So according to Rabbi Shmuel, he goes to the next level. He's liable for each and every Shabbos, but only one hatas for every Shabbos. So let's say in the case of Rabbi Yossi Valdes' father, was five years, or maybe even more than that, because also he made Aliyah, the Grand Cesar, let's say it was 25, 30, 40 years, so it's 40 times 52 Shabbosim a year, that's how many Hatos he has to bring. The Gemara is going to challenge this. Tnan, or Mishnah says, Ashochayachikar Shabbos. So this is the beginning of our Mishnah. That says, if one forgets the whole idea that there's such a thing called Shabbos, he brings one Hatos. Okay? So says the Gemara, La miklal de yedia de mikara. The word ashocheach means somebody that knew and forgot. So does, does, does this wording not imply that he originally had any knowledge of Shabbos and he forgot? So how can you tell me, Tinok uh, Shenishba, that he never ever in his life knew about Shabbos is included in this uh, category? Ashocheach means he knew and he forgot, but Tinok Shenishba, somebody captured, he never knew there was such a thing called Shabbos. So Rabbi Shmuel answered, no, no, don't read the Mishnah like that, or don't make such an inference. What is the meaning of these words, anyone that forgets the essence of the Shabbos? The Aisa Shechuach Mimenu Shikarasha Shabbos. He was completely forgotten, meaning to say he had no clue of the principle of Shabbos. So according to Rabbi Shmuel, this will include our case. Now the Gemara says, oh, okay, okay, that's where you're learning the Mishnah. So then it comes out from your words, what would be the case, according to you, that somebody that knew about Shabbos and then he forgot? So according to you, would be, right? So that is the next case of the Mishnah, the one I mentioned, that he knew and he forgot, he would be liable for each and every Shabbos, one korban. So, says the, the Gemara, So, why the Mishnah only spoke about the two cases 
somebody that forgot about Shabbos and somebody that knew and then forgot. So according to you, instead of teaching me a Judaical Shabbos, the person that he knew about Shabbos and then he forgot and he made many Shabbos, many Melachos and many Shabbosim and Chayabar called Shabbos Shabbos and he's reliable for every single Chattas, for every single Shabbos. Uh, I think now he's talking to the third case of the Mishnah. The Mishnah should teach the one who re- recognized that it was Shabbos and then he forgot that he's going to be labeled for every Shabbos because she cannot. And then I would know that all the more so in your case, he would uh, need to bring for the Shabbosim. So again, what happens is that according to Rabbi Shmuel, they're adding like a new level that we weren't aware of it in the Mishnah. And that level is the level of somebody that had no clue of a principle called Shabbos. So says the Gemara, if according to you there's such a level, so the Gemara should have teach us according to that level, and then I would know that also the next level would be included in the same halacha. It's more of a chidush. So the Gemara answers, yeah. Maya Yudea Ikar Shabbos. What does the Mishnah mean when it says one who knows the essence of Shabbos? We're referring Mishaya Yudea Ikarash Shabbos Veshechecha. That means one that knew that there was such a thing called Shabbos and then he forgot. So does it mean that he forgot about Shabbos when he did the Melachos? Rather, what he means is he, he wasn't aware of the Melachos themselves, which is the third level of the Mishnah. But if he didn't forget the essence of Shabbos, but he forgot that the day is Shabbos, what would be the halacha? According to you, it would be chayav al kol melacha b'melacha. He should be liable for, for each of the melachas that he did. So says again the Gemara, Adesanya yodea shul Shabbos. So instead of telling me that case of a person that knew it was Shabbos, but he forgot that the melachas were forbidden, and asa melachos arve b'shabos asarve, which this is the case that the mission is speaking about it, and hindered them doing many milachos and many shabosim. And the Mishnah says he will be liable for every milacha that he did and for every Shabbos. So again, go back to the previous case, to the previous level. Lidna Yodea Ikar Shabbos, the one that knows about Shabbos, but forgot his was Shabbos, and he's liable for every milacha performed because she cannot. And I will know that for sure then this last case also would be included that has to bring as many korbanos uh, as the many melachos did, as many shabbosim he, he, he broke. So... Just need to go for a second, Rabbi. Yeah. I have to go do the milking of the cows now. Okay. Please excuse me. Don't worry. Okay, shkach, all the best. Bye-bye. So, again, so let me tell you what the Gemara just did. That our Mishnah is speaking about three cases and it's going in levels of severity. In the first case, the person only has to bring one hatos altogether. The second case, he has to bring one hatos for every Shabbos. And in the third case, 
Chastel brings one chatos for every milacha, for every Shabbos. So then the Gemara is really asking, if you're adding a fourth case, and you tell me that this fourth case belongs to the first case, so that should be included, or more than even included, that should be the case that the Mishnah speaks about it, because then I know that the other case is all the more so that that should be the lach on it. And if you tell me no, because the other case goes more than that and has to bring what we thought initially that somebody forgot it was Shabbos, um, that only has to bring one hatas altogether, but you tell me no, no, because that is only somebody was a Shenishba, that one has to bring one for every Shabbos. So you're really pushing all the cases all, all the way to the top. And uh, you could have told me the previous case and Kalva Homer, the last one. So that's what the Gemara says. You're right. We cannot learn the Mishnah like that. Ela Manisin Keshike Rather, we have to say, oh, uh, Shmuel, uh, Max just left and you came on his place. <laughs> So, Samadhi Shmuel, we are in page 68b. Go to 68, 68b1, I'm sorry. We're going in the second paragraph of 68b1. So, the, the Gemara concedes and therefore retracts the entire previous explanation of the Mishnah. Rather, says the Gemara, Elamanisin, Keshiki Blasov Shachach, rather, or Mishnah is speaking in the case when a person, as we understood it initially, that he forgot altogether there was Shabbos, but meaning to say that he, he knew, he knew that there was Shabbos, but he eventually forgot it. And the case with the Rabbi de Shmuel, also of Dami, but the case of the Rabbi Shmuel, of somebody that never knew the Shabbos, is also considering the same level. Is treated like the same as somebody that knew and forgot and therefore has to bring only one hatus. And we, in other words, the alaha remains the same that a Tinok Shanishba was somebody that converted but didn't know about Chavez and that's why he broke all the Shabbosim, only has to bring one Korban. And they agree with that, but they're not tr trying to push it into the Mishnah. So the Gemara is saying like this, and this is Itmar, this is what, Itmar, this is what initially Rabbi Shmuel said. Rabbi Shmuel, Rabbi Shmuel that said, there, the Mishnah spoke about the other case, when somebody knew, like the example again about Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Yossi Leit's father, that he knew the word Shabbos and he forgot, that is the case of the Mishnah. But Rav Shmuel came to tell us, even though that is the case of the Mishnah, we, Rav Shmuel, include a child who was captured among and raised among the Gentiles. He never knew about Shabbos. Or somebody that converted, but he didn't know that there was such a thing of Shabbos. And he lived among Gentiles, and that's why he never kept Shabbos. And then they found out, so these two type of people, so when they realize, they recognize such a thing 
of Shabbos, is like the person that forgot it, and he also, these two examples will also be liable. So what the Gemara does now is keeps the opinions of Rabbi Shmuel in their place. The, the Gemara only clarifies that they never intended to say that these two cases of a Tikhno Shenishma and a convert, that's what the Mishnah was speaking about. No. They understood the Mishnah the way we understood it. They only said, but these two cases are also <laughs> sorry, included in the same halacha of the first case of the Mishnah. But now the Gemara is going to bring two opinions that argue with Rabbi Shmuel. But Rabbi Yochan and Rabbi Shimon Lakish, the Amritavayu, both Rabbi Yochan and Lakish, they argue with them. Davka ikil belasov shachach. The Mishnah is only speaking about somebody that knew such a thing of Shabbos and then forgot, and that's why he ended up breaking Shabbos. But Aval Tinuk Shenishma Ben Anoichim, a child that was captured among the non Jews, Begeshen is Gai Leben Anoichim, or a convert who converted and lived among the Gentiles and they never knew anything about Shabbos, both of them, Patur, they are completely exempt from bringing any korban hatas whatsoever, because that's not even shogeg. According to Rabbi Yohanan and Rishlakish, shogeg, mistake, is when you knew. But Sandavid never ever knew somebody was brought among Goyim, he didn't even know he was a Jew. So you, 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 you don't call that shogeg, you call that oines, and they don't have even to bring one hatas at all. be the Gemara is going to challenge this from a Brisa. Says the Brisa, Kal Gadol Amru B'Shabes. You see, oh, this Brisa also uses the Kal Gadol as a Mishnah. Kol HaShoycheach Ikal Shabes. Anyone that forgets the principle of keeping Shabes, Ve'asamelachos Arve. Ve'shabasos Arve. And that's why he ended up doing many Melachos on many Shabosim. As we said, Enuchai Belochas. When he finds out, he only has to bring one korban hatas. Oh, but look what the Mishnah says. Ketzad, to whom can we compare this? This is exactly the way we initially understood Rabbi Shmuel. He's a child that was captured and raised among the non-Jews. Vegeshin is and a convert that he converted and lived among the non-Jews. And he didn't know anything about Chavez. And continues, continues the price, huh? And because they didn't know, they ended up doing many melochos in many shabosim. Says the price, and no chayevelo chatoachas. So says the price, exactly like Rabbi Shmuel, and it's going to be a cash against Rabbi Yochanan Rish Lakish, that indeed has to bring one korban chatos. Now the price continues that the same Allah applies not only for somebody that didn't know and transgress Shabbos, but even Chayavaldam Ochas, somebody that didn't know that was forbidden to eat blood. Let's say somebody that ate treif meat, that uh, nevelas, nevelas meat. So uh, he bought meat all the time. He didn't know anything. He used to buy normal meat in normal goyshe butchery and he ended up eating blood. So somebody that eats blood also has to bring a korban hatos. 
But he doesn't have to bring a korban khatas for every single time he ate blood. Rather, only one for all the blood he ate. And the same thing, chilev. Chilev is the forbidden fat of an animal. And if he ate that chilev, again, he only brings one khatas for all the chilev he ate in his life. And also, again, we're talking somebody, he was brought as a non-Jew. He was Dinoch Ishba, a young child captured among the Goim. And he was brought as an idolater. And then he finds out he's a Jew. He doesn't need to bring hatas for every single time he did idolatry. He only brings hatas once for idolatry. Now, what is the Hidush of this Brisa that is telling us that for each different category, he brings a hatas. We don't, we don't make a package deal that for everything he he, he did when he thought it was an angel, he for everything he only brings one hatas. No. He has to bring one hatas for every category. One hatas for no keeping Shabbos, one hatas for eating blood, and so forth. So this beginning of the Brisa is a cash against Rabbi Yohanan and Rishlakish. Now, the end, the end of the Brisa brings another opinion. And this opinion is called, is by somebody called Munbaz. There was a rabbi called Munbaz, and he argues with Tanakama. Munbaz pointed, and actually the Gemara son is going to say, how can you ask Akasha against Rabbi Yohan and Rishlakish if you have a Tana, Munbaz, that he was like them? Okay? But the Gemara is asking from the, from the Tanakama, it's going to be also Rabbi Kiva. Mumbas pointer, Mumbas exempt these two types of people from everything. And this is what Mumbas told There's a verse in the Torah, look in the footnote number 11, that even somebody that did a transgression by amazing on purpose, deliberately, the Torah calls him a choite. And also a shoyge karu And that we know somebody does an, uh, in, without intention. That is the most uh, normal way that we call him a choite. A sinner, the word choite. So says Mumbas, it's not a nekesh, it's not a shaba. It's just because they're both called in the same way. Ma meizid shaisalo yedia. Just like somebody that did it on purpose. And he knew about it. The Torah calls him uh, so the same thing as is being called a choite, and this comes to exclude. Ah, so we see from this comparison that both of them to be is like this to be considered amazing, obviously, he knew, but even to be considered a choite or shoigeg, he need to have some sort of of knowledge. The Gemara later on is going to explain if he has some knowledge, how can be how can be considered a shegeg? If he knew, how can be called inadvertently in that he didn't know? The, the Gemara later is going to explain. But according to him, to Mumbaz, both of them had some level of knowledge, and that's why they have to bring a Gorbachatos. But this comes to exclude 
Atinu Shinishva were convert among the non-Jews, that they, they never knew anything. So they are completely exempt from a Korban Chattas. Omer Rabbi Kiva, Rabbi Kiva told Mumbaz, this part of the Braisa, Hareni Moseh Al-Advarecha, I will utter your words to make a cash against you. Ima Mezi Shaisa Yediya Veshas Maise, so if you are comparing both because of the word hoite, so then say, just like the Mazin is a person that even uh, with deliberately, he knew that he was doing something wrong at the time of he was doing it. So say that also Shoigeg is a person that also when he was doing, doing it, Shoigeg is somebody that at the time he was doing it, he also knew about it. That obviously cannot be. So therefore, I'm knocking off or knocking down everything you told me. But then Mumbas, he wasn't impressed by Rabbi Kiva's kasha. Omar Loi says, yeah, what is the problem? Because she can show after. You have even added to my words, to my reasoning. Meaning to say, he's going to explain how could it be that even though there was some certain level of knowledge, even by a shaygeg, from one hand, is yes, considered a shaygeg, but from the other hand, we are required some level of no, some level of knowledge in order to be mechayev chatas. Otherwise, he could be exempt. Amar loy so Rabbi Kiva told Mumbas lidvarecha, and he said, But according to you, this is not a shaygeg. This is amazing. They're amazing. So if according to you, there has to be some level of knowledge that he's doing something wrong. Some, somebody that knows that he's doing something wrong, why you call it a shaygeg? Why you call it he didn't know? He knew! The Gemara is going to explain later on Mumba's, Mumba's opinion. Okay, so this is the Braisa. So the Gemara challenges from the Tanakama, Rabbi Yohanan Rish Lakish. Ketoni Mias Keitsa Tinoik. So the Vinod Braisa says, uh, what is the case? And this is the case of a child that was raised among the non-Jews. And nevertheless, he's liable to Korban Chattas. So this goes good according to Rabbi Shmuel, as we explained. But according to them, this is the difficulty, because according to them, Atinu Chanishba should be exempt completely. And the Bryce Tanakama says, you have to bring one Korban Chattas. So the Gemara says, I'm really hard to be but I already told you, they can tell you, Lomi Ika Munbas de Patar. Why are you asking me a kasha from Tanakama? Munbas said that he's exempt. So we hold like that, Tana. So why is your kasha? Okay, so the Gemara uh, defended the opinion of Reuchan and Rabbi Shem Melakish. Now the Gemara wants to understand what is the reason of Mumbas. And if you look in the footnote, what the Gemara needs to understand the reason, because obviously it cannot be that Mumbas learned that from using the word Choite both in Shogeng and Mazin. There must be a, dif- different sor- a, a, a deeper source for Mumbas to learn such a lach. Maitama de Mumbas says the Gemara, Dichtiv, 
because it's written in this is in the in Parashas Koirach. Koirach? Now this is in Shlachlicha. This is in the Meraglim. Over there, the Torah says, Torah Yelachem Gaga. There shall be a single law for you, for one who acts Beshoigeg, in, in, in advertence. He didn't know. Now, next to that Pasuk, when the Torah is speaking, the Allah of something that acted Beshoigeg did something wrong, and actually speaking about idolatry, the Samichle, next to it says, Vanefesh Asher then in the next verse initially the verse spoke over there what is a alaha regarding somebody that did idolatry and the next verse speaks somebody that does idolatry amazing so it says mumbaz this is to give us a juxtaposition, a comparison, somebody that did Shegeg, Abodazora, to somebody that did Abodazora deliberately. But Mazid. Ma Mazid, and just regarding a Mazid, is considered Mazid because he knew he was doing something wrong, that's why he's Mazid. He did it on purpose. It's the same thing says Mumbaz, Av Shegeg, there has to be some level of Yedia. Shai Saloyedia has to be some level of knowledge that he's doing something wrong. We're going to see soon later what he means by that. And only then he's going to be liable for a Korban Hatas. So this is how Rabbi Yochanan Rish Lakish learned uh, this Allah. Just let's end up with what Rabbanan meaning to say the Tanakama and Rabbi Kiva. How do they learn this psukim? Berabanan. How do they learn? Ay Torah has my delay. What this learn from this verse that it says, it should be a single law for all of you. So says the Gemara, they're going to learn that verse like Rabbi Shoben Levi. Mi voy leo le gede makri le Rabbi Shoben Levi lebre. This is how Rabbi Shoben Levi was explaining that pasuk to his son. So the initial verse speaking about Shoigeg, somebody unadvertently, without knowing. So says the Torah, there shall be a single law for you, for one who acts without knowing. Then Xiv, in the next Pasuk, And if you make a mistake, Shgaga, and you do not all these commandments. So this is talking about idolatry. And then it says, And now it's going to Mazid. This is the same passage we brought also for Mumbas. That person that does with high handly, meaning to say on purpose, and at the end of that passage, the Torah says, will be cut off, will be caress. So he learns the following principle. Ukshu kulam labodazora. From this juxtaposition of verses, we learn Torah Ahas, which was the first verse, would be for one Torah, all the Ahas. All the Torah commandments are compared 
to idolatry in the following respect regarding khatas. Just like in idolatry, this verse said that if somebody does it on purpose, is liable with kares. And shgigaso khatas. But if he does it bishgaga, he's only khatas. Only has to bring a korban, a, a sacrifice khatas. And from there we learn Torah achas for the entire Torah. I've called Dabra Shevchim Azono Kares that only regarding things that if a person does them, like eating, eating blood or eating prohibited fats, things that if he does it on purpose, he's going to be liable Kares, cut off of his soul. Then, Ashigasoy Chatos, if he would do it without intention, only then he has to bring a Korban Chatos. Meaning to say, look in the footnote number four, there is no chatas for a shoigeg when somebody does something without intention, unless if in that same transgression, if he would have done it on purpose, he would be subject to karas, just like idolatry. So how that, that is how the rabbis learn this verse. But Mumbas, Mumbas learn it, no, the Torah growth Shogun next to Mezid to compare, just like in Mezid you need some certain level of knowledge you're doing something wrong, even in Shogun that is considered you didn't know, has to be some level of knowledge that you were doing something wrong. Okay.